Welcome to Career Tools. This week, working remotely, chapter one, get results. The questions this cast answers are, how do I make sure I still contribute when I'm working remotely? How do I make sure I'm still thought of when I'm working remotely? And what's the most important thing to know when working remotely? This episode of Career Tools is brought to you by Roadmap, Manager Tools' new application that allows managers to roll out the Trinity, one-on-ones and feedback, and to monitor and measure every step along the way. You'll have a dashboard to see how you're doing, and we'll help you with every single step from scheduling your one-on-ones all the way through to reporting on how you're doing. ManagerTools.com, come see us. The working from home pendulum may be swinging back towards employees being in the office. There's been some fairly high profile companies who have brought their staff back into the office, including Yahoo and IBM. But there are still millions and millions of people that work remotely, either work from home or work from an office, which isn't where their boss or their team is based, or even work in a different country from their team. And so since there are still millions of us, we are doing a series of casts about working remotely and being effective when you're doing that. So that's partly about being effective so that you're still doing your job and partly making sure that you're still thought of so it's not a case of out of sight, out of mind when it comes to raises and promotions and all the things that we would like to work towards when we're at work. So the first step of this is the first step of everything in careers, which is get results. So the basis of careers is get results and relationships uh, and results is the most important thing. If you don't have results, it doesn't really matter what your relationships are like. Some people can get away with just relationships, but it doesn't last long. They usually get found out eventually. So getting results is the most important thing. And it's actually quite difficult when you're based remotely from your team because you don't have the incentives to do the work the way you do when your team is right with you. If you're sitting amongst your team and you're sitting browsing the internet and you're not doing any work, someone is going to notice that you're not typing or someone's going to say something like, hey, we're all going to lunch. And you'll realize, oh, I haven't achieved anything all morning. And so it's a lot harder, I think, to work remotely just because you don't have that kind of structure around you. So you have to focus on getting results because the structure isn't there to support you. You have to kind of introduce your own structure to help you get the results. So in this cast, that's what we're going to talk about. So what's our outline? Our outline for today is we're going to start by talking about getting your work done, uh, then getting it done to standard. And the last piece of the puzzle is letting people know that your work is done. Right, because it's not done until it's reported it's done. And getting your work done might seem really obvious. In fact, it's obvious to anybody who has a job, right? Getting your work done is the fundamental reason that you're in a job, right? The job exists. It is your job. (laughs) It is, yeah. The job exists to get work done for the organization. But we all know that we don't get all our work done. We all have a pile of stuff that we haven't got to. And we all choose what not to get done sometimes. And we have casts about delegating to the floor, which is deciding what we don't get done and we try and not get done the things that are the things that we won't get in trouble for not doing but you can start on a slippery slope of not getting things done that are not important and then not getting things done that are important and as I said that without the structure of being in a workplace 
it's an easy slope to start sliding down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as you said, Wendy, some people just find it easier to keep up with their work, uh, to get things done, to stay on track when no one's watching. But some of us find it more difficult, especially when you're at home, right? There are a million distractions wherever we work, but in the office as well. And when our boss is remote and they can't see what time we start, what time we finish, what work we actually get to on a daily basis, it's just easy. It's an easy slope. And most of the work that won't get done probably won't get noticed. But then some of the work that will get noticed doesn't get done. And that's why we have this really obvious instruction first, because get your work done is is sometimes difficult. So we've broken get your work done down into three parts that are things that will help you make sure that you are getting your work done. And we're going to start with start on time. So whatever time you'd start in the office, if you were sat next to your boss, imagine your boss is going to sit next to you all day, start at that time wherever you're working. So if you were in the office and you would start at 8.30 or 8 or 9.15 or whatever time it is that you would be at your desk and starting working. Not that you arrive in the building, but that you were at your desk and starting working. That's the time you should start wherever you're working. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Having that routine is so helpful. Right? Your alarm clock goes off at the same time every single day. I'm going to work. Maybe not leaving my house, but I'm going to work. There's sometimes extenuating circumstances as to why you wouldn't start exactly on time, but that happens in the office too, right? Every now and again, everybody's late, traffic, they go to doctor's appointment, whatever. But if you set a time and stick to it, you will work the number of hours that you should be working. And it's really easy to work fewer hours if you're remote, but if you don't work the hours, you won't get the work done. There is something against presenteeism, right? We don't all need to be in the office 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week or 70 hours a week to get our work done, right? We, we don't want you just sitting at your desk doing nothing because you've got everything done. On the other hand, if you're not getting stuff done, the first place to look is, am I working enough hours to actually get this stuff done? And the first part of that is starting on time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then the second part of that is, when I'm at the office, having a task list. So you want to create a good task list and focus on it, right? Work from that list. Regardless of where you work, you're going to lose time if you don't know what piece of work you're finishing, what you should look to doing next. So you want to make sure that you have a good task list. And when you're done with your task list, keep your task list, right? Don't uh, scribble it out or or throw the pieces away. At the end of the month, you need to account for your work, probably, or even for your one-on-ones. If you have one-on-ones for your manager and you want to talk to them, it's a good time to have your task list at the end of the year or quarterly when you're preparing for your review as well. Um, it's good to have that task list. These are the things I've been working on. These are the things that I've gotten done. And having that task list will prevent you from searching in between tasks to look for the next thing to do. And sometimes that takes more time than anything, right? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. what, what is it that I should be doing next? And going from topic to topic or task to task sometimes is what, the, what takes the most time, right? It's shifting our attention. So having a list in front of us, knowing, okay, these are the other things that need to get done, 
just narrows that down. I just it decreases the amount of things that we're searching between. Okay, this is my list. What's the most important? Pick it and then work on that next. Right. Right. Having a list is I can't imagine working without a list. Me neither. The last part of this is finish on time. So as I just said, you'll get less work done if you're not sitting at your desk for a reasonable length of time every day. You know, we don't, like I said, we don't need to be sat at our desk for eight hours if we only have six hours of work to do. But if we have six hours of work to do, we can't be sat at our desk for two hours. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. If it helps, keep a note of the time that you start and finish every day as if you were clocking in and out. So it's just a note to yourself. And there are lots of apps and software that will help you with this if you are allowed to add things to your computer. Not everybody else, not everybody is. I use Rescue Time and I literally just use it as guidelines. Like, did I, was I sat at my desk and doing productive work for, for enough time today? Because, you know, no one's perfect and I'm as bad on that slippery slope as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So next up, we have Get It Done to Standard. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes a suspicion from people who work in the office um, that those individuals who are working remotely, they're not really working as hard as everyone else, right? <laughs> because, well, because managers can't see you working, um, they themselves as well could develop that belief that, that you're not working. Your work is just going to be because of the fact that you're not there, it's going to be scrutinized more. So if you want to get a raise or promoted, your work will have to be better than that of those who are actually working in the office who want those same things. Because you're under a microscope, right? They're watching you more carefully, already having the assumption that you're probably not working as hard as you could be. While a lot of companies say that they measure employees only by results, human beings tend to value the people that they see working more highly. If you're a manager and you're listening, this is a good reason for doing one-on-ones because you get to check in on your remote worker much more often. You get to look at the amount of work and the quality of the work that they're getting done. And that means you treat your team more fairly when you're considering reviews and raises and promotions and all the things that managers control that employees wish they didn't. Um, employees wish they could decide on their own raises and promotions. I would love that. (laughs) But the very act of checking on somebody or having a discussion with somebody week after week after week tells you how they're doing. And and we're all prone to this, like, outside, out of mind. And if you have remote workers, then you're doing them a service if you are talking to them regularly and therefore understanding what they're doing. Absolutely. And we've all had, or if we have one-on-ones, I should say, When you have a one-on-one in short succession, like one on Friday and one on Monday, you realize, oh my goodness, there's not very much to talk about because I haven't done a lot of work, not a lot of time has happened in between. So even if, if you've got a remote worker or you are a remote worker and there's not a lot to talk about and your one-on-ones are a full week apart, that might be a good measure of how much actually got done this week. That's a really good point. That is a really good point. The more work you do, the more there is to talk about during your one-on-one. You can't be slapdash if you're working remotely, right? So 
a slip up that would mean nothing um, if you were sitting right next to somebody, it can it can take on epic proportions when it goes out as an all team text, for example. Right. <laughs> your work needs to be easy to find and easy to follow for your colleagues and managers when they look at it via a database or whatever format that you submit your work in. Right? It just must be that more clear because you're not there communicating. That and picking up the phone to call you and ask about something feels a lot more like work than just hollering over top of the cubicle at somebody. Hey, Wendy, can you just really quick? I know even myself, I hesitate to do. I did it yesterday with Judy. I'm like, well, that seems like a lot of work. So I sent a text message because that feels easier and it's probably less effective. So you have to yourself make it easy for the others to communicate with you. Otherwise, they will they will go to those easier, less effective methods of communicating with you. Right. It's so weird that picking up the phone to someone when they're far away seems like so much more work, but it, but it does somehow. So the last point here is let people know that your work is done. And we talk a lot about assigning work and reporting on manager tools. So for the managers of, uh, who are here, when you assign work, you need to assign the reporting of that work too, because work isn't reported until it's done. It's really simple. If your manager doesn't know that the work is done, effectively it's undone. If somebody went up to your manager and said, hey, has Sarah finished that work yet? And your manager doesn't know that it's done because you haven't told them, what what are they going to say? They can't say, oh yeah, I'm sure Sarah's done it. They might. <laughs> they might. But they would have to say, they would have to say, I don't know that it's done because Sarah hasn't told me it's done. So that's why effectively when the work isn't reported, it isn't done. And I have in, in the past been as bad as everybody else about saying, do you want me to do the work or do you want me to report it? <laughs> and and now I'm older and wiser. <laughs> that's That really doesn't go down very well. <laughs> so whether or not you were assigned to reporting, you need to report your work as done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as for reporting your work, it doesn't really matter how you do it. You could use text, email, Slack, um, any other of the zillion communication methods that are there that your organization uses. Keep in mind, it's better to use something that you know your manager will see, right? the, the method that they prefer, tailor your communication to them. Right? So, for example, you can report your work as done on the project database, but in order for your manager to know it's done, that means that they're going to have to go to the project database to see if the work is done. So in that case, an email, for example, assuming your boss is pretty um, efficient at doing their email, reads them on a regular basis, will likely work better for you. You could go as far as saying if the work is reported as done, but the manager doesn't know it's done, it's still not done. And actually, sometimes in my experience, I've found as a remote employee that I will mention something in a one-on-one, but because I only mentioned it once, and then I kind of assume, well, I said it once, Mark must Mm -hmm. know it's done. 
That happens to me too. Right? A couple weeks later, he'll say, well, how did we end this project? Or, or what happened with this? And I'll be like, oh, okay. And I'll tell him, but my brain will say, well, I said that already. But I only said it once. And we don't sit together. We don't work together. Saying it more than once in more than one of the communication methods might also be helpful. More communication is better. You don't have to pick one mode and assume that your boss is going to bite on that and they're going to know you've reported enough. When that happens to us, what we don't give is our managers is the grace that they have somewhere between three and ten directs usually. And there's probably 50 projects going on between those people. And if you say, hey, I, I finished this, this is what happened, and your manager forgets, that that's just human nature. If you had as many tasks that were going on underneath you as, as they do, then you would forget things too, right? We all forget things. We all hear things and don't hear them, whatever. So don't think that's your manager deliberately winding you up or that they don't care or, you know, any, any other of the things that you might put on them based on the fact that you told them it was reported and they didn't hear you. It's not their fault. Absolutely. And then the next piece of this is actually hitting your deadlines. We all know that when we want it to be, when it's advantageous to us, Friday end of day is really Monday beginning of day. If you have a deadline at 5 p.m. on Friday and you know your boss left the office at 4.30, then you're like, oh, yeah, I don't really have to get this done. They won't notice until Monday morning. Exactly. And everybody, whether they work remotely or not, has had that temptation to leave the work that they were supposed to do on that day and leave early or leave it until after dinner or think, oh, I'll do that at the weekend because I don't want to do it now. Yeah, I'm really tired. It'll be much more efficient if I do that Saturday morning. And And then then, is it? (laughs) And then, no, never. I never have any incentive to work on Saturday morning. And it's bad in two ways. First, we don't want you working after dinner. And that's family time or relaxing time. So, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I work when I put the kids to bed. Well, don't let work creep into every hour of your day. Try and get the work done in the eight hours that you have at work and then have, you know, be able to put the kids to bed and watch a movie or something. I mean, even if you have to do work after dinner a couple of days a week, at least have a couple where you don't work after that. Let's let's have family time first. And then secondly, consistently hitting your deadlines especially when you could get away with not hitting them, is really noticeable. So if you say, I'm going to be done on Friday at 5 p.m., and you always submit your work before Friday at 5 p.m., that gets noticed. Yes. Managers, surprisingly, actually notice when you call Friday end of day Monday morning. Right? They know when you send that email, it has a timestamp. One of the hallmarks of a professional is that they hit the deadlines. And... When they say Friday at 5 p.m., they actually mean Friday at 5 p.m. and not Monday morning at 9 a.m. So one of the ways you are telling your manager and the people you work with that you're a professional and that you can be trusted working from home or working remotely is that you had hit your deadlines. And so that is really important. So you yourself may have to deal with a manager who has been burned by remote workers. We all know it. There are plenty of horror stories. Even Yahoo found out that some remote workers hadn't logged into the system for months. 
months. How could you get away with that? Exactly. Even for the most generous bosses, it's hard to have remote employees and to know what they're doing, right? You're so removed from the situation. So as an employee, getting your work done to standard and reporting it as done is the way that you slowly convince your manager that you're a valuable member of your team. And in future parts of the series, we're going to give you more ways to be a productive part of that team and to show it to those around you. Because showing it when you're remote, that whole out of sight, out of mind, you have to concentrate on. You have to include showing it as part of what you're doing. You have to get results. You have to have relationships. Your boss has to be convinced that you are really a productive member of the team and you have to work harder harder at that than you do if you are sat next to your boss. And it's just one of the realities of life. I wish it wasn't the way, but we're all human and that's just the way we work, the way we're wired. And so let's not rail against what we think is unfair, but actually work to succeed within it. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Wendy. Bye, everyone. Hope that was helpful. We'll be back next week.